Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five podcast. Today is Tuesday, January 13th. And as always, it is brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey. Life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results we are 51 days away from the nfl 52 days away from high school football and 74 days away from college football a little disturbing news from college football i don't remember, i don't remember if we talked about this in the podcast or not but i know there's a consortium of current players right now in college football that are trying to come together uh, and boycott the new college football playoff or the new college football video game that ea sports is putting out uh, EA Sports wanted to pay everybody, I believe, $500, all the, stu- all the uh, student-athletes, $500 for their likeness, and a big group of athletes are coming together and going to boycott it, which is, uh, it's, that's not great. I wanted real players in there, but if, you know, it is what it is. Just give me the game. Just give me the game. Today is World Softball Day, which I know is going to be celebrated quite mightily around here. We have some amazing softball teams and some amazing softball ladies around the West Georgia parts here that are uh we get to watch we get to watch and commentate year in and year out says it seems like every single year we lose a a, just an insanely talented batch of young ladies uh seniors graduating and then a freshman club comes in that are just as good if not better it's crazy the athletes the softball athletes the west georgia area rolls out year in and year out uh last night the braves fall to the tigers six to five in a heartbreaking heartbreaking loss up in detroit Acuna has three RBIs. Harrison Albies added in an RBI apiece. Charlie Morton went uh, five and two-thirds, didn't give up a single earned run, and struck out eight. Morton looked really good, had a bit of a concerning, I don't know, pitch uh, in the third inning around there, second, third inning. Uh, Looked like his his shoulder was bothering him a little bit. He he threw a pitch. It was outside. He kind of worked his shoulder a little bit. Uh, Rick Kranitz came out, Snit came out, manager came out, uh, trainer came out, was looking at Morton's shoulder, and uh, you know I was thinking in the back of my head, that's all we need right now is another starting pitcher for the Braves to go down, especially in a game that he was he was dealing, he was pitching really really well, stayed in the game, pitched another two innings. I haven't heard anything uh, about him after the game. I assume he is fine. Looked really good though last night. Charlie Morton looked really good last night unfortunately didn't get the win because we couldn't hold on to it in the later innings Rysel Iglesias comes in pitches an inning gives up three earned runs uh gets a blown save his his, his ERA on the season now is up to a 402 which is not what you want to see out of your closer but to be fair I don't think Rysel Iglesias has put a pitch wrong in probably two weeks three weeks maybe uh, the last outing for Rysel that wasn't great was out there in Oakland, and that seems like that was a century ago. Um, he's be, he's been essentially perfect through the month of June. Uh, well, he had that he had that loss out in Oakland. Uh, I believe that was the first game of the Oakland series, and ever since then, 
he has been just insanely lights out. I mean, since that Oakland, since that Oakland game, he's pitched one, two, three, four, five, six. Not including last night, he's pitched six innings and has given up six hits, uh, and and no earned runs through those six innings. So it's one of those things with a closer. At some point, you're going to come back down to earth. You're going to have those blown saves. Not great that it happened last night when we had a five-one lead, but you know it, it it is what it is. I suppose the base running though. In the 10th inning, I don't understand what Sam Hilliard was doing on third base. It was a lazy pop fly over to left field off of the bat of Rosario, and Sam Hilliard just takes off from third base to try to score. To be fair, he was pretty close to scoring, but I just don't understand the mindset to tag up there. Like, it's not not like it was deep left field. It it, it It was shallow left field. I don't know. That was a mistake. Michael Harris sort of made a base running mistake, although I'm not going to hammer him too hard for that. There was a pop fly hitting to right center off the bat of Acuna. Uh, runners on first and third. And Harris Harris ran to second. I think it was a hit and run. And then he saw the ball and saw the reaction of the outfielder and then ran back to first. And anybody on the broadcast watching it knew that the ball wasn't going to be caught but I think Michael Harris's view of the pop fly and kind of the reaction of the center fielder tricked Michael Harris into thinking the ball was going to get caught and then he needed to go back to first base to tag up. Uh, but the ball did fall in no man's land, and it was sort of an easy out at second. But if that didn't happen, if, if Michael Harris is standing on second, I don't know if Ozzie Albies is able to score from third, which doesn't really matter because we lost the game 6-5. to five. But I think that was one of those things where you can either have first and second, or you could have just a man on first with a run scoring. I don't know if you could have had first and second, no outs, and the and the run scoring. So it, it all it all really doesn't matter because we lost six to five. But uh, Michael Harris is slowly starting to get his average up. It seems like it seems like he's getting a little bit more lucky with his bounces. Uh, just in this month, the month of June, he's hitting over two hundred, which is nice to see out of a guy that we really have got to start. He's got to start getting going. He's not going to uh, be a guy that we really bench for an elongated period of time because of his bat, just because of the the way he plays outfield. But right now, his average in in the month of June, he's hitting 297. I mean, he's hitting 297 with a third, uh, 333 OPB and an 847 OPS. The OPS is not great, uh, but the average in OBP is is really good. That's really positive to see out of Michael Harris. Uh, through the month of May, he was hitting a 167. So hopefully he's starting to get out of that bit of a slump and it wasn't like he wasn't hitting the ball well or wasn't seeing the ball well uh according to baseball savants he was the third unluckiest batter in the entire mlb uh through this season so that that the law of averages are going to you know come down the back of the baseball card is what it is i know it's not a very long back of the baseball card for michael harris but he is better than a, a 205 hitter, uh, which is what he is at on the season now. He's closer to that 297 hitter that he's been hitting in the month of June, in my opinion. I, I think he's going to bring that up, and uh, he might move up the lineup. He's batting ninth. He's batted ninth just about all season, and I think you're going to see Michael Harris start creeping up the lineups. Braves play tonight uh, up in Detroit, another 640 start, and the let's see who the probable pitchers for that game will be tonight. After, we're going to get Bing Ingram. And uh, Peter Moylan, I believe, on the call again tonight. Strider and Olsen go on the bump tonight. It'd be nice to see Strider get a quality outing out there. The past couple of outings for Strider have not been phenomenal. 
Um, especially the four innings he pitched against the Mets, giving up eight earned runs. That's, that's not fantastic. Uh, I'd love to see a shutdown start from Spencer Strider. After starting the month, uh, I mean April, he only allowed six earned runs in 30 innings. And then in May, he allowed 15 earned runs in 33 innings. So the earned runs are starting to tick up just a bit. It's nothing to be worried about, in my opinion. I mean, he still has a still has a phenomenal, uh, you know, 6-2 win-loss record, 121 Ks and a 1.09 whip. Uh, so, it, but it'd be it'd be nice to see Strider kind of get back on the winning ways after that outing against the Mets. Ben Ingram and Peter Moylan back on the call tonight. They were really good last night. I like them a lot. I wish they were our normal TV broadcasters. I'm not a fan of, of um, Brandon Gauden. I said that yesterday. I, I don't know what it is about his voice or the way he commentates games. I'm just not. It feels too national, if that makes sense. Like it just it doesn't feel like a hometown broadcast. It feels like a national broadcast. So, uh, not a fan of Brandon Gauden. Last night, the NBA wrapped up, and that means we get to look forward to the NBA draft. Our Hawks are drafting 15th, so we're probably not going to get a day one starter, I wouldn't think, at number 15. I'd really like to see them trade out of it. Um, I don't know if the partner is going to be there, and I want to see us get value out of that, so we'll see if it comes down. But if we stay at 15, um, we got a couple guys that we're looking at that I think would be a, a big impact to the Hawks uh, down the road. They're not going to, like I said, they're not going to be day one starters, but you get into the last 20, 30 days of the season, and these guys might play some big backup roles. Uh, Jalen Hood, Shifino, uh, Sh- I watched him play at Indiana, and I can, still can't say his name. Jalen Hood Shifino uh, is, a, is a guard out of Indiana. He's a freshman, 6'4", 217 pounds. Um, I think he's a good prospect. He would slot in nicely in Atlanta as a backup uh, guard combo who can play next to both Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. Uh, the guy doesn't do a whole lot wrong on the basketball court, and his 6'10 wingspan allows him to play much bigger than his size defensively. Um, so he might be one of those guys that goes into a, a three or a two role. He's not going to wow you with his offensive uh, abilities, but he, he will be able to play. Honestly, he can play one through three. In, in college, he played the one. He was the point guard for Indiana, but I think he would be a better two or three in the NBA just because of his length and the way he plays defense. So Jalen hood Shafino is one of the guys that I'm looking at. Carson Wallace is another guy I'm looking at out of Kentucky. He was a freshman out of Kentucky that impressed me a lot this year. Kentucky didn't have their kind of normal dominant team that you see out there. Uh, but Case and uh, Wallace, excuse me, Case and Wallace has really good catch and shoot abilities. Uh, great feel for the game. The off ball defense is phenomenal. Um, he has game changing point of attack defender who also fills gaps on defense and offense as a playmaker and a shooter. Uh, only only averaged 11 points per game last year, but shot 35 percent from three. Uh, averaged a little over four assists per game. Once again, younger kid, 19 years old, 6'2", 195. Uh, he is a he is a combo guard, one-two guard type guy. He'll play in that backup role behind DeJounte Murray and behind uh, Trey Young next year. That is if we still have Trey Young. Uh, another guy that we're looking at is a wing. I know I know the Hawks always like to draft wings, and this is another wing that comes into the league with uh, with a long wingspan, kind of taller, 6'7", 230, a 7'3 wingspan. Uh, kid out of France, Bilal Koulibay. He kind of reminds me of o, uh, the, uh, the OG and Obi and Anobi. It sort of reminds me of that. The way he plays, 
Not going to light up the scoreboard. Once again, 11 points only last year. Shot 34% from three. Uh, but he did have he averaged over four rebounds and close to two steals per game. The on-ball defense and the off-ball defense IQ is phenomenal. Great athleticism. He has a good interior scoring. Uh, he has rocketed up the NBA draft board just over the past month. Reminds me a lot of, of Torrey Craig, maybe a mix of um, John Collins in there as well. Tall, not as, not as tall as Johnny, uh, but a tall, long, athletic wingspan kid, only 18 as well. This is one of those kids that you draft and you're probably going to send down to the G League for a year or two uh, to see what, what he can de develop down there. And then the last guy we're looking at, Nick Smith. Um, I'd like to. I'd like to see. You know, he, he's a tried and true guy. He played in the SEC. Um, I, I don't. I don't know where Trey's going to land this year. Uh, so why not swing big? You know, he, he was expected to be a top five pick before his injury injury this year, his freshman season. Uh, Smith has strong pedigree and was ESPN's number three prospect going into the season, but only played 17 total games and never got into a rhythm at Arkansas. Honestly, if he pops, the scoring guard could be a great combo guard to play alongside DeJounte Murray if the Hawks decide to move off of Trey Young. Even if they don't, I like the Nick Smith pick if he is there. Um, I think Nick Smith would fit in a lot of the ways that Trey Young and DeJounte Murray play. He is going to be an offensive power out there, so that'll be interesting to see if, uh, if, if he is still there. I think we pick him up. And another guy that I have seen rumored flying around that the Hawks might be drafting. They might be taking this guy a little high. I'm I'm a fan of him, but that's just because I'm an Ohio State guy. Small forward out of Ohio State, Bryce Sensiball, 6'6", 235. He is not projected to go inside the top 20 in most mock drafts you see. Um, but I've, I've seen the Hawks bring him in for for workouts, and uh, they're, they're from what I've heard, they like him. They like him a lot. Averaged 16 points per game last year. A little over five rebounds, shot 40% from three. Um, his NBA body will allow him to get on the court immediately, even if he does have some defensive shortcomings, and he's adept in the mid-range when he gets uh, a run-and-shoot three-point. I, I, I think he would fit in gloriously with the way the Hawks want to run their offense. The Hawks last year suffered from not being able to surround Trey with enough shooters, and adding uh, a Bryce Sensiball to their ranks is one step forward in allowing this this offense and this team to play like they should, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see. We got, uh, I don't remember how many weeks we have until the NBA draft, but it's coming up soon. I think we all know the first two picks, probably Victor Webanyamanyaman and Brandon Miller will go one and two more than likely, and then we'll, uh, we'll go from there. I'd really like to see the Hawks trade out of that 15th pick, maybe get a veteran shooter. Uh, but if they don't, I, I really want to see them get a shooter. I really want to see them get a playmaker uh, to play along Trey and DeJounte Murray. We move on to the NFL preview, the AFC South today. The Jaguars, the Jacksonville Jaguars are coming off an inspiring finish to their 2022 season that led to an AFC divisional round loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Head coach Doug Peterson helped the young Jaguars finish 9-8 and eight and peak in the second half of the year. With more experience across the board, the Jaguars are looking to win the AFC South once again in 2023. The Jags spent nearly $260 million in the 2022 offseason, leaving the team financially strapped this year. More veteran players left than arrived with right tackle Jawan Taylor and pass rusher Arden Key headlining their departures. However, a strong draft class can help fill the void each of those players left. 
Rookies offensive tackle Anton Harrison, tight end Brenton Strange, running back Tank Bigsby, linebacker Ventrell Miller, and edge uh, Tyler Lacey might make day one impacts while betting favorites for Trevor Lawrence's number one weapon will be wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who is coming off a suspension from this year. With no individual pass rusher producing producing more than seven sacks last season, uh, Key's departure in, in this year, the 2022 number one overall pick, Trayvon Walker, will have to improve. Josh Allen is in a contract year, not the quarterback for the Bills, but the defensive end for the Jaguars. And the Jaguars could be in a tough position if Walker doesn't take a leap into being a, clo- into being a closer star performer. The team's ceiling will be redefined once again if Walker and Allen can combine for 20 or more sacks. So really, the the Jaguars are going to go as their defensive ends go. If they can put pressure on the quarterback, the Jags are going to be in a really good spot. I like the Jags a lot this year, and I think they're the toast of the AFC South this season. Give me the Jags with a 10-7 record this year. I think they go 10-7. It's not going to blow people's socks off, but it's going to be good enough for an AFC South title, in my opinion. Now we flip the book over to the Titans. Jags on the rise, Titans kind of falling down. The Tennessee Titans finally lost their vice grip on the AFC South last season as injuries contributed to a 7-10 finish. After winning the division in three straight years and four times in the last five seasons, the Titans are now trying to compete after revamping the roster this offseason. The major storylines entering this season will be whether veteran quarterback Ryan Tannehill can keep the second-round pick Well Levis off the field and if the Titans trade or keep star running back Derrick Henry. Free agent edge Arden Key and left tackle uh, Andre Dillard should be likely starters for the Titans week one, while offensive lineman Peter Skaronsky and quarterback Will Levis, both rookies, uh, will likely break camp as backups. But both of them, at least Skaronsky, will probably start at some point this season. Might be, might be week one starter. Wouldn't surprise me. Peter Skaronsky is a great offensive tackle. And Will Levis, we know what Will Levis is. Uh, is he better than Ryan Tannehill? I don't know. But the I think the ceiling for Will Levis is higher than Tannehill just because of age right now. Uh, Mike Vrabel was most disappointed in Tennessee's six one-score losses in 2022, noting that the team lost in the margins as the season progressed. Their seven straight losses included painful missed opportunities, but missing Tannehill for four of their 10 losses certainly contributed to the talent disparity that added up. Tennessee isn't dead, but they're old at the wrong spots and they're on the brink of a rebuild. I think Tennessee is likely to go 7-10 this year and not sniff the playoffs. I think it is it is over for Tennessee, kind of their reign in the AFC South, and it is time for a complete rebuild uh, behind, behind Will Levis, if, if you believe that Will Levis will be your quarterback of the future. And that is today's NFL preview. Let's head it over to the Marine South scoreboard from last night. In the NBA, the championship. The Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic are NBA champions. The Nuggets beat the Heat 94-89 to to take their first ever NBA championship. Congratulations to Nugget Nation. Jokic, Jamal Murray, everybody out there. That was a, a great 4-1 gentleman sweep. I think we all kind of knew that was coming. The Denver Nuggets have been a team of destiny all year long. And Nikola Jokic is an absolute monster. In the NL East, the Marlins fall to the Mariners 8-1, and the Phillies fall to the Diamondbacks 9-8. On the Smiths, floor-covering games and events calendar for tonight, the battle for Lardo! In the NHL, Game 5, Panthers at Golden Knights. The Golden Knights currently lead the series 3-1. The Florida Panthers are trying to hold off 
the Golden Knights and prevent a Florida team from losing the championship 4-1 on back-to-back nights. In the NL East, the Braves, the Tigers at 640, Yankees at Mets at 710, Nats at Astros at 810, Marlins at Mariners at 940, and Phillies at D-backs at 940. Time for another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strong with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. Shout out to the Georgia High School Football Association Hall of Fame Class 2023, which includes a local kid, former Carrollton Trojan, then UGA Bulldog, then Philadelphia Eagle, Reggie Brown. Congratulations, Reggie Brown. And, uh, you know, talking about college football Hall of Fames, Georgia High School Hall of Fames, all that stuff, how do we get Irk Russell into the College Football Hall of Fame? Like, that's that's not a big enough topic that people talk about. Like, that, that's a travesty that Irk Russell, one of the greatest college football coaches of all time, is not in the College Football Hall of Fame. Like, that just because of semantics. I don't, I don't understand why the NCAA cares about semantics when it talks about their Hall of Fame, but they don't care about the rules when it comes to recruiting and stuff like that. Like, why do we pick and choose where we follow the rules, NCAA. Get Irk Russell into the Hall of Fame. I, I mean, it's it's simple. Get him into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Patriots release, release running back James Robinson four months after signing him. And one of the most bizarre situations, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. I don't I don't know why they really I don't know why they signed him and then released him. Uh, Robinson 24 had agreed to a two-year deal with a base value of four million dollars on March 15th, but it included no guaranteed money and was structured in a way that protected the Patriots based on Robinson's injury history. Robinson tore an Achilles late in 2021 while playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I, that, I guess they saw something in, in uh, OTAs that they didn't like, and they, they canceled his contract got rid of him. They released him. Uh, the Jaguars could play in Daytona during the stadium renovation. So the Jacksonville Jaguars are having uh, their stadium renovation that I believe will be... Going on for two years, uh, one of the options that they're looking at could be Daytona International Speedway. Daytona International Speedway President Frank Keller released a statement to the Daytona Beach News Journal over the weekend that he and the team representatives will meet soon to discuss potentially playing at the 100,000-seat facility 92 miles south of the Jaguars' current stadium. I don't know how that would work. I don't know how you're going to play a football game inside of a racetrack. Like, I don't... I don't know. I, you're not going to be able to see. I don't know. That's very weird. It would seem much more likely and much more feasible for Jacksonville Jaguars to play at Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, where Florida plays from. Um, I, I don't know. That just seems very weird. I don't know how they're – I would love to see him play in Daytona International Speedway. That would be, would be very, very interesting. Um, other sites that have been mentioned are an 11,000-seat baseball stadium that houses the AAA affiliate of the Miami Marlins and a 9,400-seat stadium in the University of North Florida. Uh, So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where the Jaguars end up playing uh, the next couple of years. The Texans to induct J.J. Watt. Why? Into the Ring of Honor on October 1st. No more deserving Texan player ever than J.J. Watt to be inducted into the Ring of Honor out there in Houston. When you think of the Houston Texans, that's the first thing that pops up. It's it's, uh, J.J. Watt, then then D-Hop, then I guess... DeAndre, then Watson, I guess, maybe. Uh, but J.J. Watt's definitely the first. And today in 2012, the San Francisco Giants' Matt Cain pitches the first perfect game in franchise history against the Houston Astros. Perfect game, man. That is that is something very, very rare. Thanks for tuning in on this Tuesday. I am Bryce Sparling, and we will see you tomorrow morning on the Morning 5. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbor. Just shake him.